Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. People from many countries and backgrounds, Jewish and non-Jewish alike, built the modern state of Israel. Today, we look at one person that holds a special place in Israel's history, British Army officer Ord Wingate. That's right, and Ord Wingate was definitely an influential figure who used his military gifts to train Jewish fighters in the late 30s how to defend themselves against the Arab rebels who were attacking Jewish villages and settlements. Now today we're going to honor the life of Ord in our program because this week is Ord Wingate's birthday. He would have been 115 years old. And then I'm going to share why Ord Wingate, a Gentile, would passionately support the Jewish people and support the state of Israel. But first, let me share something from the news. Cape Town, South Africa is on the brink of running out of water, but it didn't have to be this way. Two years ago, Israel offered to help Cape Town by providing some proven solutions, but their government rejected Israel's aid. BDS, which stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions, an organized group that seeks to demonize Israel for their treatment of Palestinians, praised the South African government's decision to reject Israel. And now two years later, Cape Town is just weeks away from turning off the water. BDS is always looking for ways to delegitimize Israel by claiming to be standing up for the Palestinians. But the record shows that their actions actually do more harm to the people they try to help. Their actions have caused Palestinians to lose jobs and a decent income. And thanks to BDS, now Cape Town has very little hope for fixing their water crisis. I want to take you back to a time in Israel's history that's pre-state. And what I'm talking about is a time in Israel's history that's before 1948 when Israel officially declared its independence. Now, in 1936 and 1937, more than 60,000 Jewish people immigrated to what's called British Palestine. Now, it's today British Palestine is Israel, but uh, before 1948, it was called British Palestine. Uh, Remember, in 1936 and 1937, Hitler's power was growing in Germany. Uh, Jewish people kind of saw the writing on the wall, and so they they fled. 60,000 Jewish people immigrated to British Palestine in those two years. However, just shy of Hitler creating his first Jewish ghetto and increasing his anti-Semitic acts against the, uh, the Jews of Germany and Poland, The British High Commissioner over British Palestine, his name was Sir Harold uh, MacMichael, took it upon himself to significantly restrict Jewish immigration. The the 60,000 Jewish people that immigrated between 1936 and 1937 shrunk to only 4,000 between 1938 and 1939. And all the while, in 1938 and 1939, as as Hitler was beginning to force Jewish people into ghettos, Jewish people living in British Palestine felt pressure from the Arab community living in the area. Now, in the first weeks of 1938, the Jewish community living in British Palestine saw an increase in Arab violence against them. Uh, The late historian Martin Gilbert, in his book, Israel, Uh, writes that Jewish farmers were stabbed and shot. 
Jewish buses driving on the highways and roads were shot at. Uh, these Jewish people needed to be trained to defend themselves against the rise of Arab riots uh, and, and to push back those Arab forces that were creeping into British Palestine from areas like Lebanon. Now, there were many non-Jewish people who actually helped advance the cause of establishing the Jewish state. Uh, there were many Gentiles who actually took it upon themselves to make sure Jewish people could live securely in their ancient homeland. And off the top of my head, I'm thinking of the famous British uh, Lord Alfred Balfour, who drafted the Balfour Declaration, uh, which promised that the British people would support the establishment of a Jewish state way back uh, in, in the 1917. And then there's the famous American evangelist, William Blackstone, who used his position to influence men like D.L. Moody. J.P. Morgan, J.D. Rockefeller, uh, Justice Brandeis, and many other businessmen, senators, and congressmen to support the Jewish people returning to their ancient homeland, Israel. But there's one Gentile that really stands out because he not only believed the Jewish people should return to Israel, but he actually got his hands dirty making it happen. And his name is Ord Wingate. He was a captain in the British Army. Uh, as, as he was moving up the ranks, he focused his attention in Arabic by attending the School of Oriental Studies. And by 1936, Wingate and his wife Lorna were chosen to serve in British Palestine. He was transferred to Haifa as an intelligence officer. Now, Wingate quickly realized many of those serving in the British Foreign Agency actually had an affinity toward the Arabic culture, and he's quoted saying that even though he's an Arabist who has mastered the Arabic language, everyone seems to be against the Jews, so I'm for them. Wingate would go on to argue with British policymakers that Jews deserve Palestine as their homeland. He would even go on to learn fluent Hebrew and became good friends with Israel's first president, Chaim Weitzman. But Wingate isn't only remembered for standing up for the Jewish people. He's remembered for how he aided them in some of their most dire moments. In 1938 and 1939, there was no Israeli defense forces. However, the Jewish people formed a defense group called the Haganah. And the Haganah were not fighters. They were defenders of Jewish settlements against Arab fighters. But that's until Ord Wingate entered the picture. Wingate was influential in training the Haganah to actually not just defend, but to become effect an effective fighting force. Heim Weitzman actually wrote a letter of introduction for Wingate, who then would travel north to meet with the head of the Haganah. Armed with this letter of introduction, Wingate offered his services and proposed his plan to train the Jewish people to defend themselves by using then an uncommon strategy of the time. It was the night ambush. The leader of the Haganah agreed to Wingate's proposal, and they established a training facility in Ein Harod, which is actually, think about this, Ein Harod is the biblical location where God chose Gideon's 300 men. And as our good friend Dr. Thomas Ice writes, Gideon, like Wingate, used unorthodox methods to defeat 
the Midianites. It's a perfect location. Wingate's strategy was to change the way the Haganah forces engaged with their enemies. These defenders were now being trained to fight behind enemy lines, and they were being trained to fight in the night. In the book Fire in the Night, the authors write that Wingate's plan was to penetrate rebel territory by night, stop smuggling of weapons across the Lebanese border, and rout the elusive Arab gangs that were causing both the British and the Jewish settlers so much trouble. His military missions were considered a great success. These special night squads, as they were called, essentially decimated the Arab rebel bands and created a lasting impact on military strategy in Israel overall. The same nighttime raids that Wingate trained the Haganah to do were actually used later in several significant battles during World War II. Also, Wingate's influence on the Haganah and other Jewish defense forces helped to establish the order and structure of the Israeli Defense Forces today. And here's one of my favorite influences Wingate had on the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. Wingate trained the Haganah forces to have their officers lead their troops into battle. This tradition of officers leading their troops is actually still used today in the Israeli Defense Forces. Now, think about this. Wingate didn't pick this technique up from his days in the British and British Army training. A- and he didn't make it up on his own. I love this. Wingate's officer's first technique actually comes directly from the Old Testament. He looked to the Old Testament, which taught him about this particular battle strategy. And eventually, Wingate and his wife, Lorna, were reassigned to London in May of 1939. He wasn't there that long. And despite his duty to Britain, Wingate's heart was in helping establish a Jewish state. And he worked diligently to help the Jewish people. And again, as Dr. Thomas Ice writes, oftentimes a great personal risk was given to his own career by helping the Jewish people. Wingate was willing to resign, actually, when he was uh, asked to relocate to London. He was willing to resign from the British forces and stay illegally in Israel, but the Haganah refused to let him stay. Ord Wingate would go on to become a three-star general, and he was considered one of England's greatest generals who served during World War II. Sadly, though, Wingate died in an airplane crash in Burma, in 1944, but he is remembered in England as a man of genius. He was a dynamic leader of vision and action and inspired his forces. He, he, he's remembered in Israel through the Wingate Institute, Israel's National Center for Physical Education and Sport, and the Israeli youth village Yamin Ord was named after Wingate himself. Yamin Ord was founded in 1953 to house Holocaust orphans and continues today to house hundreds of kids from around the world. And today, Ord Wingate is buried actually at Arlington National Cemetery. Wingate once said to Chaim Weitzman, I served Ethiopia. I fight for Britain, but I belong to Israel. Will you remember that if I need an epitaph? Well, Ord, it's been almost 75 years since you've died, 
And I believe we all know you belong to Israel. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Why did Ord Wingate feel as though he belonged to Israel? What compelled him and what moved him so much to help establish the Jewish state? Well, you'll have to stick around to find out. As Abraham looked out over the promised land, God said to him in Genesis 13, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And yet today, many argue that this land does not belong to the Jewish people. The tiny democracy of Israel is demonized around the world, but no matter what people believe, of this we can be sure, Israel will endure because God has promised it, according to the scriptures. And in his book, For the Love of Zion, Dr. Elwood McQuaid sheds light on the political and historical events of the Middle East from a biblical worldview. This book will help you see clearly where history is taking us. And I encourage you to purchase a copy, For the Love of Zion, today. After reading it, you'll know the issues and have a greater confidence in the God we serve. To purchase your copy, visit foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. And I'm going to repeat that for you. That's 888-343-6940 or again, foiradio.org. Welcome back, everyone. We're celebrating the life of Ord Wingate. And the reason we're celebrating Wingate is because his birthday is on February 26th. And before the break, I was sharing about Wingate's life, his talents and gifts in the British Army, and his tireless support of the Jewish people and his desire to see a Jewish state established. And we want to offer you a resource, actually, on Ord Wingate's life by Dr. Thomas Ice. Uh, We're going to put in our show notes at foiradio.org a link that will take you right to this great article on Ord Wingate if you'd like more information. So be sure to go to foiradio.org. But the question that I left us with is this. Why did Ord Wingate feel this connection to the Jewish people? I mean, he wasn't even Jewish. Why would he care so much about something he's not even associated with? And what about his desire deep down to see the state of Israel established while most of his fellow Englishmen were more in love with the Arabic culture? Well, I know the answer. Ord Wingate was a Bible-believing Christian who took God's word at face value. And by taking God's word at face value, he saw that God was doing something miraculous by returning the Jewish people to the land, and he didn't want to miss out on an opportunity to be involved in what God was doing. Moshe Dayan, who was an influential statesman in Israel and also helped establish the state of Israel, said this about Ord Wingate. I love this. Listen, there were times when he, talking about Ord Wingate, there were times when he would march on, driven by an iron will, He had an unshakable belief in the Bible. Before going on an action, he would read the passages in the Bible relating to the places where we would be operating and find testimony to our victory, the victory of God 
and the Jews. After Wingate moved to British Palestine, he started to learn Hebrew, and for him, this was such a great honor. Uh, He once said, it's a great pleasure to me to read the Old Testament in the original. Wingate grew up actually a devout Plymouth brethren. His family has had a history in ministry. In fact, the Wingate's grandfather devoted himself to ministering to the Jewish people in Hungary and in London. Wingate's sister, Sybil, wrote about their upbringing saying this, We were reared on a diet of porridge, bread, and drippings, and the sincere milk of the word. Uh, They were raised, folks, with the teaching that Christ would return, and maybe even in their lifetime. And it's this upbringing and approach to the scriptures that defined Wingate's approach to the Jewish people and to his reason for helping establish the Jewish state. The Plymouth Brethren remain a denomination that is committed, even today, to the literal interpretation of the scriptures. And remember I said that Wingate took the scriptures at face value? He did that because he was raised in a tradition that believed that God's promises to Israel are real. God's promises to Israel are true. And because God is faithful, he will be faithful to the Jewish people. Now, a lot of us can't do what Wingate did for Israel and the Jewish people. And I'm sure a lot of us want to. I would love to have stepped in the footsteps of Ord Wingate. But I just can't. But in the spirit of Ord Wingate, I believe that we can still support Israel and the Jewish people. And you know what? You can do that with us, the Friends of Israel. One way that you can support Israel and the Jewish people is by joining us on one of our two trips to Israel. We go every March and spring, a tour to the land of Israel. Another way is to volunteer with us in Israel. We have two trips that go to Israel, once in the summer for young adults, our Origins program, where we volunteer and help Israel and the Jewish people, and once again in February on our Hesed uh, project, where where adults go and volunteer. You, You know, you might not be able to go train people on how to do military strategy, but I will tell you this, you can still support our friends in Israel by coming with us, the Friends of Israel, to the land of the Bible. And you can see all the great opportunities that we have by going to foiradio.org. I I really hope that you were encouraged by the testimony of Ord Wingate, a man who believed in the Bible, trusted in God's word, looked to God's word, and knew that God was doing something miraculous in his time. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. Recently, I unintentionally walked home by a different route through Mir Shirim, the most religious quarter of Jerusalem. I was shocked when I saw three young religious Jewish men gambling on the street. I asked them, am I dreaming or is it true what I see? The three looked at me with surprise, and one asked, What do you think you are dreaming? I answered, Because the Bible says, You cannot serve God in money. They said, Who you are that you think you can tell us what to do? We have our heads covered, but your head is uncovered, like the goyim. They were calling me a Gentile. I replied, You think you must please God by covering your heads? but he desires your hearts to be covered with flesh and not stone. At this, one said, Tell us who you are. 
I am a Jew who is saved and believes in the living God, I said. Someone responded, You think you must tell us how to live? We have enough teachers. I said, But there is no one to tell you the truth about the Lord. They began to curse me, but the Lord had told us, Bless those that curse you. As they were shouting, an elderly rabbi walked by. He was ashamed of their behavior and invited me to sit with him. The rabbi said, Tell me who you are. I responded, I believe in God and have been born again. What? he exclaimed. You cannot mean you were dead and are alive again. Yes, I was dead in sin, and now I am alive because I am born again to the Spirit. He leaned close and said, Please be quietly. Even the walls have ears in this place. He seemed thirsty for God's word. He continued, I was born in Meashiram. I know every stone in this place because I have never left this area. I am the seventh generation of my family to be born in Israel, and I was educated here in Jerusalem. I told him, I am sorry that you have lived all your life in darkness without God. Man walks in darkness. You can see with your own eyes the picture before you. Now they are gambling, and after that, who knows? How can we stop this, he asked, by trusting Messiah Jesus and following him in the waters of baptism. What? he exclaimed. Never. This is what the traitors do. To become born again and receive the Holy Spirit, I told him, you must give your heart to the Lord. Baptism is a sign that you have received Jesus as your Savior. He did not want to hear about the Holy Spirit, so I asked, Would you like to hear what our prophets have written about the Holy Spirit? Yes, he replied. I gladly read Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27. How do you know these things, he asked. Because I am walking in the light, I replied. He told me, I have lived my whole life here. Do you want me to leave this place now? I responded. How long will you continue in darkness? Do you want future generations to live in darkness also? Remember that Moses went to Pharaoh even though he was afraid because the Lord promised to go with him. He was close to crying and wanted to hear more. I pleaded, My dear friend, leave all this darkness behind you and let us walk together in the light of the Lord Jesus who died for you. Before he left, I said, Remember, no more darkness. To which he replied, Only light. I thank the Lord he was with me and directed my path to that place. I pray this dear old rabbi and the three young men will come to know the true light of the world. Chris, after looking at the unique life of Ward Wingate earlier in the program, what's the takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, I think Ord built his life on the scriptures and he took the scriptures at face value he took them literally and because of that he was compelled to be connected to israel and the jewish people and i really think that's something that we can take home for ourselves that when we take the bible at face value and we take it literally we see there that god has a plan and a program and a promise not only for us but also for israel and the jewish people 
Thank you, Chris. A reminder to all of you, if you have not subscribed to Israel My Glory, you can get a full year at no cost. Visit foiradio.org. There you can also find the book we mentioned, For the Love of Zion. Again, visit foiradio.org. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, engineered by Bob Beebe, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg, Red Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. Once again, I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. The Friends of Israel Today remains on air thanks to the faithful giving of our listeners like you. If you would like to donate, again, visit foiradio.org.